It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Auburn Tigers did what they needed to do. The guard shot much better. Jabari Smith was able to shine, and Walker Kessler came back. We talk about what it all means next. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am, I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we are live here on the Locked On Auburn YouTube channel. So if you're listening in podcast form in a little bit, which most of you will be doing, that is why it's just a little bit different format today. But yeah, normally uh, normally Charlie Five joins me for these. That is not the case today. Um, he is going out of town with some fam, so good for him. And then my number two option fell through, and then Lance... Um, they're, they're apparently having a very hard time getting internet in the uh, in in Greenville. So it's just me. I'm going to interact with a lot of you guys in the chat. I look forward to doing that. Um, but before those chats kind of come in, um, I just kind of want to share my thoughts on this game. And the big thing was Auburn did what they needed to do. 80 to 61. And honestly, it felt like it was much more lopsided than that, in my honest opinion. I know they were kind of going back and forth and, you know, some of the folks I was watching the game with, they were talking about how like, man, they're really shooting the ball well, talking about Jacksonville State. And I'm like, yeah, but the defense was pretty solid. Um, you know, I, I don't think Auburn really left a whole lot of guys open. And there were some of those two-pointers that they made. I mean, those are just like really fortunate shots that happened to go in. And it's just like over the course of 40 minutes, this cannot continue to happen. We saw that with Gonzaga's matchup. On Thursday, yeah, it was close, but it's just some of the shots they were making. It's just it's not sustainable, and that's why Gonzaga ended up winning by by twenty, and, and rightfully so. Um, the biggest story before we go into stats and all of that, I think the biggest storyline, and I think most of you would agree here, is what's up with um, with the tooth situation. Jalen Williams reportedly um, chipped his front two teeth. And because Walker Kessler elbowed him in the mouth. And I mean, there's just so many angles to take this. One is like, how in the world does that happen? I mean, that is just a crazy thing. Think about how hard you have to hit a tooth <laughs> for both of them to, to do that. And then, you know, Kessler um, ultimately came back in with kind of his, his elbow wrapped up, which is a good thing. And he played pretty well. He moved pretty well. He took a few hits. So I don't think Kessler is a concern moving forward, but... Uh, Jalen Williams, hopefully he's feeling better. You know, they they put some uh, some you know gauze in his uh, in his mouth. It looks like because uh, I'm sure he was bleeding a lot. It sounds like there was blood on the floor too. I'm sure it wasn't all from Kessler's elbow. So that's going to be the big question. Uh, Jalen Williams, he was having a great game before he went out. How many minutes did he play? Do I have that? I don't have that in front of me right now. But uh, I'll look at that in a second. But Jalen Williams was having a decent game. He was three of three for eight points. And if somebody in the chat wants to share that, um, you know, how many minutes Jalen had, that'd, that'd be awesome. But, I mean, just uh, just a tremendous, tremendous performance. Um, and I think this is the big big question. And we'll, um, Noah asked this. Have we found our offensive rhythm that we lacked for the last month or was that just a bad team? I think both of those things can be true at the same time. 
and I said this going into this game, that Jacksonville is not a good team. And I stand by that. They're a tournament team. They probably shouldn't have been. They didn't really win their tournament, but it was this weird rule that the NCAA does. We have like a three-year period where you can't, it's not an automatic bid if you win, which is ridiculous. Like that is so dumb, but whatever. That's a different discussion for a different day. Jacksonville State's not a good basketball team. They're fine. They're okay, but they're not a great basketball team. And what they do well is shoot the three ball, and they were okay from three. You could definitely tell it was part of Auburn's game plan. They were eight of 25, and early on, they were even better than that. But has Auburn found its offensive flow, and it's like, yes, but you can't consistently shoot from 50% from three, which is what they did for a big chunk of the game. It averaged out to be... 9 of 24, because they were just letting stuff rip later in the game, 37.5%. And we said this before. If Auburn gets anywhere close to 30% from three, they would have blown out Tennessee. They would have blown out Arkansas. They would have blown out Florida. They would have blown out A&M. I mean, these are just, you know, from stretches in these games, it's like you didn't need Auburn to shoot lights out. You just needed them to be okay. And the fact that they cleaned up as much as they did and continued to play suffocating defense. I mean, holy cow. Suffocating defense. They're going to, you know, if they play like they did today, they're going to go far into the tournament. There's no question um, about it. Somebody's saying they said the same thing about St. Peter's, not a good basketball team. Here's the difference with this. Is every possession St. Peter's had against Kentucky was a really good shot. They didn't just throw stuff up because somebody felt like they were hot. They were composed and they did all of the things right when they had the, you know, had the ball on the offensive side of the floor, and then Kentucky turned it over down the stretch. So, should Kentucky beat St. Peter's? Sure, but like, let's, let's you know, you, you can be good and still you know, make bad decisions, and then vice versa, um, of course. Somebody's saying, can we please just enjoy this? The first one is always the hardest, and I, I think there's some reasoning to that. I, I think... To me, it felt like, and I, I don't know if this is fair or not, but to me, it felt like Auburn's either going to survive this first weekend or they're going to lose on Sunday. That's what it always felt like to me. And after watching it today, when so many top seeds had to really fight and struggle over the course of a full game, and Auburn really controlled it throughout after about the first 10 minutes, I think that's telling. I think that says something. Um... So, and we'll, we'll go into more speculation of that in a second. Jabari Smith was incredible. I mean, <laughs> he was absolutely incredible. 20 points, 14 rebounds. And the thing that does not turn into a stat, I guess you could look it up. But when Auburn smelled blood, I probably shouldn't say that after this game. When Auburn felt like they could really just kind of Pedal to the metal at the end of the game. Put the nail in the coffin, if you will. Uh, he took over. He took over. And to me, that's really what separates the potential of Jabari versus what Jabari has been throughout most of the season. But the last month, we've seen him step up and say, okay, I realize how good I am, and my teammates are cool with me taking shots that other people probably shouldn't because you're freaking Jabari Smith. Um, somebody asking about the Jabari dunk, number one on the top 10 worthy. Probably, probably. He was really, really strong. He was really, really impressive. And that moment was kind of just 
symbolic of everything that happened for Jabari Smith today. Um, but the bigger story to me was Katie Johnson. We got psycho Katie Johnson back. <laughs> and what I mean by that is a guy that played with a lot of energy that felt like he was contributing on the offensive side of the floor. And sure, it was only 10 points, but he was three of eight from the floor. And like, look, I said this about AM when I was talking to Justin Ferguson on the podcast that went up earlier today. If Katie goes three of 14 from the floor, Auburn may have won against Texas A&M. Like, you don't need a ton from these guards. You just need them to do their role. And their role is to be okay on offense, take care of the basketball, and play suffocating defense. And he did that. He absolutely did that. Um, I'd like to see KD get to the free throw line more. He was only two of two from the charity stripe. That's probably a good way how he's going to be able to get his points by attacking the rim. Um, but, you know, I, I just, I, I think that was a big part of it. And the fact that he was able to do it with from the get-go, the very first points for Auburn were a quick score by KD Johnson right under the rim. I thought that was symbolic. And then, you know, he he made one of his threes, and then that was that was kind of it. I mean, that was Katie Johnson saying, okay, I'm back. And that's a big deal. Um, let's see. Other guard plays. Zeb Jasper, he was two of four from the floor, made both of the, both of his free throws. You gotta like that. And then Wendell Green was three of five for nine points. You have to love that as well. I mean, this is the balance that we've been begging for from a shooting perspective, all season long. And we got it. We finally got it. You know, I, I don't like it when one guard, unless you're red hot, shoots it 14 times. I just don't like that. I don't think that's good basketball. Unless you're on fire, and you need a heat check and all that. You're the hot hand. That, there's nothing wrong with that. But you see Jabari Smith shooting it 13 times, and I don't think anybody blinks at that. I think it's great. Walker Kessler shooting it 11 times. You absolutely take that because all of his shots are high percentage stuff, you know, within six feet from the basket. You take that. Um, but these guards, they were just so much more efficient with the basketball. And I don't know if that was a game plan thing. I don't know if they all just kind of figured out like, okay, this offense goes through Jabari Smith. I don't know what it was, but it's something that, that Auburn fans need to be excited about. It's something that Auburn fans need to be really, really happy about because folks have been asking for this literally all season. Literally all season. And to me, that just shows that Bruce Pearl's aware of what's going on, that Bruce Pearl is um, is ready to kind of go on a run again because the, the bracket sets up so well for you moving forward. Um, real quick, today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. If you guys are betting on this, this March Madness action. I hope you're doing it at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is where you can go to get all of your lines and information, and of course, wager on everything related to sports. And there's some fun prop bets for Auburn. Like you can, uh, there was a prop bet which who would go farther, uh, Auburn or Kentucky. And I believe Kentucky was favored, if I remember correctly. So uh, hopefully, some of you guys bet on that at BetOnline.net. But check that out, Bet Online where the game starts, and also check out our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the planet. It looks and tastes like a candy bar. It's covered uh, 100% in chocolate. It's delicious. It's good for you. High in protein, low in calories, low in sugar, low in carbs, but it's great in flavor. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. That is at Built.com.
All right, so I want to talk about moving forward. For those of you, the 70-plus folks in here, if you could, I'm just curious. Who would you rather play in the second round? Would you rather Auburn play Miami, or would you rather Auburn play USC? I'm imagining, I would assume that it's very lopsided in favor of Miami. Yeah, the first few coming in are, are the same Miami. Yeah. To me, USC, okay, seeing a few USCs now. USC to me seems like Florida, where they're going to be physical down low, but that's kind of it. That's kind of their game. They slow it down a little bit. And so here's my argument for USC. My argument for USC is like, if, if Auburn wants to go on the, you know, it's all the way full or nothing, you play USC because then like Wisconsin's probably going to be after USC. And Wisconsin's just a better version of USC to me. Miami is like the fourth or fifth team in a really, really bad ACC this year. The ACC was awful, terrible. And I said this throughout the week on on the podcast, and I said it on on a few radio hits throughout the week. Um, People pointing out that USC has big guards. USC's a bigger team. And I just don't know if that's really the best thing that we match up against. And so uh, I, I agree with a, a lot of what you guys are saying in the chat here. But to me, Miami is not as good as most of the teams Auburn have played has played in the last month. They're not better than Tennessee. They're not better than Florida. They're not better than, heck, they're probably not better than Mississippi State when Auburn played in Starkville. I think Auburn playing in Starkville is a tougher environment than Auburn playing Miami in Greenville. That's just kind of where I'm at. Um, Mitch has a good comment here. USC swims the rebound battle, wins the rebound battle, assuming what you said, and takes away second chance points. And I think that's part of why, I, yeah, I, I don't think that's a good matchup. I really, really don't. Now, with all this being said, it's like, okay, we're talking good about USC and we're talking bad. Sorry, my dog's up under here. When we're talking bad about Miami, like, I think USC is going to win. I have USC in the two different brackets that I have. But, man, it would be awesome. It would be really, really great if Auburn matched up against Miami. Just because I I think that'd be a great matchup. And it's like, all right, got a really good shot of making the Sweet 16. Uh, Miami can stroke it deep, though. Um, I think Jack State was better at threes. Than Miami, and obviously any given game, you know somebody like that. If you're a three dependent team, can pop off. Um, I just think Auburn can game plan against that with guards, and Miami hasn't played anyone with the exception of Duke. And I'm not even going to put North Carolina in this situation, but other than Duke, they haven't played anyone with the perimeter defense that Auburn has specifically the three guards, and then I'll throw, I'll throw Alan Flanagan in there too, defensively. Um, when it's, we, we play Sunday, for those asking. We, we will play the winner of Miami and USC on Sunday. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see how much USC slows down Miami. That's a great point. That is a great point. Because that's going to be a similar scenario that Auburn will have to deal with if, um, if Auburn has to play USC. And I love the fact, and this is just part of being a higher seed, but I love the fact that Auburn gets to watch them play. 
I mean, how big is that? I mean, when Auburn was wrapping up their game, you know, the True TV broadcast was showing USC coming into the stadium. And I mean, that is just such a big advantage. And so you get to watch that with your coaching staff and say, hey, look at this guy. If they do this against us, in action. And when you talk about a tournament setting where you've got 24 to 36 hours to prepare for your opponent, you get an extra, like, few hours of film breakdown that the other team doesn't get. And also, you get a little bit more rest over the span of two days. Does that really matter? I don't know. But the, the film breakdown, I mean, that is a big deal. That is, a, that is a big deal. Do we know what time Sunday? Could somebody put that in the chat? That'd be extremely helpful if somebody could do that. That'd be great. Um, wow. Rand Stokes out here flexing. My bracket is doing well. I'm in the 93rd percentile. Did you call Kentucky losing? There's no way you called that. There's no way. There's no way, Rand. But it'd be awesome if you did. Um, I love the way the bracket sets up for us. I hope we are catching fire at the right time. It kind of feels like that. It kind of feels, I, I think we all agreed that we liked how the bracket set up going into it. I think we all agreed on that. But now that Auburn kind of got that first one and the way that they did it, I mean, if you kind of got that feeling that, you know, maybe Auburn can pop off. Maybe Auburn can do this. And I think that's something we all should be excited about. Um, Rand did not call Kentucky. But you did call Richmond beating Iowa. There you go. That was a 5-12, right? 5-12s popped off yesterday. Let's see what they do today. Um, wow, another person 93rd percentile. Man, some smart folks watch this show. That's awesome, guys. That's awesome. It's not because you listen to me. That's for sure. Um, do you think we'll be at full strength on Sunday? Yeah, let's, let's spend more time on this. So Jalen Williams leaves the game because Walker Kessler elbowed him in the two front teeth, which is super unfortunate. The, the, watching it live, it looked like they both went down in a ton of pain, and I'm sure it hurt. But Kessler's looked more frustrated because he hurt his teammate, I think Kessler's fine. And the fact that Kessler came back in like five minutes later just with his elbow strapped up, I imagine they'll stitch it. That's just a guess. I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. But I would imagine they would stitch it and then they would just wrap it up and protect it. He moved fine. And he didn't seem timid or anything like that. That's a lot of things you got to look at for injuries, right? It's like, do they look timid when they're playing with it? And so he, he did it. I, I think Walker's fine. The big question the big question is, can Jalen step in? And Jalen hasn't been playing a ton of minutes as of late, but he is a real key um, player in all this just because he can do so much. You, in theory, could have him at the three through the five if you really, really needed him. And the fact that, like, Dylan also fell on his hip and looked shaken up, I think he's fine. I don't think that's a big deal, but it's still something to look at. I don't know. Can you play with two chipped teeth? I think so, right? Assuming that's all that it is. Um, once again, you know, is there a mental aspect of it? There certainly could be. There certainly could be. I think it was Justin Ferguson that tweeted out the 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 teeth incident happened right in front of him, and he talked about how it was um, Walker like walked over to get it checked out. And somebody pointed out that there was like still a chunk of tooth in his elbow. And like some of the teammates were like, oh my gosh, what is happening? 
And then they popped off on a 9-0 run. So, like, I don't think they were shook over it or anything like that. I don't think it's a big deal. Um, people talking about pain, you know, how, how, depends, depends on how much it hurts, right? I mean, I would think that would hurt less than getting the teeth just flat out knocked out, right? I mean, I'm not a dentist. I don't know. I have no idea. Went to the dentist yesterday, but um, certainly I should have asked him. I should have asked him, just had the, the, the forethought of asking, hey, in theory, if I lost my two front teeth, could I play an NCAA tournament game? That's a bad joke. I'm sorry. One other thing that bugged me is there was an official that saw part of the tooth on the floor and was like pointing at it saying like, up, oh, somebody needs to pick this up. And he was laughing. It's like, dude, like a college kid just had his teeth knocked out. Why are you laughing about that? That's not funny. What about that is funny? Jay will of huge minutes. Yes. No question about it. No question about it. My dentist visit was fine. My, my, thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. Um, so, all right. The, <laughs> successful manager who's in the 99th percentile with his bracket has USC winning. So, that's probably going to happen then. I mean, he's on it. He is absolutely on it. Jalen Williams' upcoming dental NIL deal. Yeah, if you're a dentist, call this guy because he's going to especially if he can kind of get that smile back to normal. Um, do I think, oops, click the wrong thing again. Rand asking, do you think Jabari Smith's dunk might be the best dunk of the whole tournament? It is so far, it has to be. It has to be so far, but it's just so early. It's so early, and I mean, honestly, if you do a lesser play in a Final Four game, the setting of the game matters when you talk about how great a play is. And so if he has a lesser dunk in the national championship game and Auburn wins the national championship game by four points, I think we're all going to be like crowning that dunk the best. You know what I mean? So it's tough to have the best play of the tournament be in the first round. But so far, Rand, I think so. I absolutely think so. Um, Who would y'all rather play in the Sweet 16? LSU or Wisconsin? Because if Auburn can get past USC slash Miami, I think Auburn matches up better against LSU. An LSU without their head coach. An LSU that Auburn really whooped in Auburn Arena when they were playing their best basketball. Um, so I, I think that'll be that'll be a big one. Yeah, we're kind of getting some split answers there with LSU and Wisconsin. Um, the thing is, is like the Big Ten is so good. Big Ten got nine teams in the tournament. Y'all realize that? Nine teams in the tournament. And the fact that Wisconsin was one of the best ones out of there, I mean, they're just ba- they're battle-tested. I don't think USC is battle-tested. The ACC and the Pac-12 um, are not battle-tested at all. I don't think. Um, I think those are the two worst Power Five conferences. But when you look at the Big Ten and the Big Twelve, it's just like in the SEC. Obviously, they're just, they're battle tested. So you know, I I don't I don't fully know about all of that. Um, Wisconsin slows you down and has a player of the year candidate, right? Right. Kentucky also had a player of the year candidate, and they lost to St. Peter's. Can't stress that enough. I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. I just I still can't get over the fact that that happened. Um. The Big Ten has no great teams, just a bunch of slightly above average teams. I don't know about that because if you put one of those teams in an easier conference, 
they would rise to the top and be a one or a two seed. So, like, I don't know if I buy that. I mean, if you put Iowa in the Pac-12 or the ACC, they win it. If you put Wisconsin in the Pac-12 or the ACC, um, the, you know, I, I think they win it. So, like, I don't, I don't know if that's truly fair just because they all beat each other up so much. I think you could say the same thing about the SEC. I know they, they seeded Kentucky as a two and Auburn as a two and Tennessee as a three, but, you know, they didn't get a one seed. Can you say the same thing about the SEC? I don't know. Maybe I'm being too hard on them. I'm not sure. Um, oh, are they already playing? Miami and USC, they're playing now? All right, so I may get off in a second to watch that. But uh, Gonzaga would be a four or five seed if they played in the Big Ten. Yeah, Rand, I think that's true. I think that's absolutely true. So um, just real quick, moving forward, the, the big thing to watch is Auburn needs to play the game that it played today on Sunday. Doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, the guards need to take care of the basketball. And this was the narrative all week. The narrative does not change. Can Katie Johnson keep playing like psycho KD? Can Wendell Green take efficient shots with the basketball? And can Zepp Jasper do what he's been doing all year for the most part? And then just let Jabari Smith shine. Let Jabari Smith take over the game when he wants to. And let Kessler, you know, rake up rebounds and get second chance points and, you know, dish it out when he needs to. This team is built so well. It's built to do this. And so the fact that over the course of 40 minutes, they were able to just pull away and dominate, that's, that's telling to me. And I predicted that would happen. I predicted that Jack State would put up points early and then over the course of 40 minutes, that would be the case. And it was. And it was. So... We will see what happens. If you guys have any questions real quick that y'all want to throw in the chat, we can wrap up with some questions if y'all have any. Um, did we address what time the game was Sunday? Did we look at that? I can look at that while I'll put some questions in. How far do I have Auburn going? I had Auburn beating Kentucky in the championship game, but that was like a homer bracket. Objectively, I'm really worried about Wisconsin. Um, yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at. Objectively, I'm really worried about Wisconsin. Um, did you see that Julian Phillips made it official? He's leaving LSU. Dude, everybody's leaving LSU. And Auburn may be the real big benefactor of all that. I can't find what time the game is on Sunday yet. It's all TBA. So, sorry about that. If somebody knows what that is, who could put that in, that'd be great. Not sure, but it seems like Bruce has Cambridge more on a leash with playing time. So I'm shocked how much playing time Devin Cambridge gets. And also, I'm shocked how long his leash is. Kind of different question that you just asked. But I'm surprised how okay Bruce is with Devin shooting as many threes as he does. Like, he was one of five today. Oh, this is from the floor. He was 0 of three from three. And to me, it just every time he shoots it, and he gets wide open. He gets wide open shots and they don't ever fall. It just, to me, it feels like a turnover every time he shoots it from three. And I, I hate that, but like, he's not like, I'm cool with Wendell or Jabari, maybe KD from three. I'm cool with them shooting through it. Devin, like what Devin went like, like two of 40 an SEC play from three until this last game, right? Isn't that right? So I, I just don't know if that's really the right move that we need to be doing offensively. 
What are your keys for Auburn winning Sunday? Uh, Doing the same thing they did today. Taking care of the basketball and taking good shots. And if you can't control the tempo, if you play a USC and you can't control the tempo, you've got to take care of the basketball and you've just got to play Wisconsin's game. Not Wisconsin, USC. USC's not as good as Wisconsin. That's why I got that mixed up. So that, that to me is it. And don't be afraid to let Jabari cook. Uh, I, I think that's it. I think what they did today is it. The War Rapport. What's going on? Guys, if you are not following The War Rapport and subscribe to them, they, um, they just uh, go click on their profile, go to their page, subscribe if you are not. They are, uh, they are absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, they do lives all the time. They do a lot more lives than me. And they come on my show every Wednesday. So I'm excited to watch Auburn Ole Miss baseball tonight. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. I think I'm going to wrap it up, guys, unless y'all have any more questions. His form isn't good. I, I assume you're talking about Devin. Devin is getting playing time because he does the little stuff right. And Bruce rewards him by letting him shoot threes. That's, that's my take on Devin. Because he does so well with fighting for offensive rebounds. He is so aggressive on defense. And he just does stuff that a lot of like wings don't want to do. And so, in return, they, um, they, they just let him, they let him pop off. And I, I think that's, that's it. And it just hasn't really worked. And it's so funny because, and we talked about this a few weeks ago on, on Locked on Auburn. We talked about this, like, as a freshman, it really seemed like, yes, thank you, Stuart, hit the like button. That's fantastic. The, um, it, it, to me, it seems like the way Devin Cambridge's development, um, I, I thought he was going to develop more into a shooter, but he's developed more into this, you know, highlight, super athletic, you know, Get his chest above the rim because he's, you know, jumping so high. Um, I, I think that's kind of different than what he was expecting to. I thought he would develop more into a deep threat. And it just hasn't happened. And I think he wants to be that so bad, it just hasn't happened. And so, like, I don't fully get why he's shooting as much. But, oh, well. Kessler was one away from a triple-double. Can you imagine? If he hadn't gotten... You know, the, the elbow issue and the teeth issue, he probably would have gotten it. Um, how did your bracket go? I didn't expect Kentucky losing like that. Brian, I didn't either, but I would rather that have happened than my bracket do well. <laughs> I would rather that have happened than my bracket do well, for sure. Um, it's, not, it's not going well. It's not going well. I had him in my championship game. The, uh, then I had my, the rest of my final four was, was Kentucky... Texas Tech, Auburn, Arizona. So the other three are still alive. But yeah, that was not a uh, that was not good. Do we have the do we have the most ideal path to the final four in the country? Probably not because what who is Let's look at this. I don't think so. I think Gonzaga does. I think Gonzaga does because or Baylor. Actually, let's go with Baylor. Because they got to beat UNC, but they are perfectly able to beat probably UCLA or St. Mary's. And then they don't have to worry about their two seed. They're a one seed that does not have to worry about their two seed anymore because Kentucky lost. So I will say Baylor for sure. Um, 
And like I said with the Big 12, I think Baylor's a pretty battle-tested team. We're close to adding a locked-on Baylor, if people are into that. Probably after the tournament starts, but we're close to adding, a, adding that. You don't think the Zags do? I mean, I, I think I agree. Um, I have Gonzaga losing to Arkansas, but if somehow New Mexico State pulls that off, it gets significantly easier. And I don't love, I don't think Duke is that good of a two seed. So I don't, I don't know. I'd love to hear your argument why you don't think it's Gonzaga. If, if this was not Coach K's last run and Duke was not Duke, they would not be a two seed. Here's a good question. Clay asks, Zach, why do you think Stretch can't get in the game? Also, Allen or Devin has to make those wide open threes. There's no question about it. Um, both of them need to make threes more consistently. Stretch, I mean, how often do you see a third center go into the game? I think that's it. What is the need to play three centers? Um, and I think it was pretty telling today that he didn't get more minutes just because of, you know, Kessler missing time and Dylan fell on his hip and all that. But early on, who did Auburn play in Atlanta? Nebraska. I think they played Nebraska. And, like, they tried to give stretch minutes in that game. I remember that. We were watching at Baumhauer's. And he just couldn't register a stat. Um, I think he was coming off an injury and things like that, and he was kind of coming in cold and all. So, like, I don't think it's all Stretch's fault. But at that point of the season, everything had just kind of been set in stone. And I'm really interested to see, you know, Stretch is one of those guys in the offseason. It's like, is he cool here? Is he happy here? That's going to be really interesting to see. I think he will be, but it's just kind of interesting to, to see. I love how no one respects Gonzaga. Everybody's like, I got Gonzaga losing to so-and-so and so-and-so. Um, Cardwell is inconsistent at times unless it's a dunk. Yeah, I mean, he's a backup center. I mean, let's have some perspective here. I don't think he's being asked to do anything crazy. I think he does his role pretty well. Um, Duke plus the refs is a scary two seed. All right, that's fine. That's fine. All right, guys, I think I'm going to wrap it up. I think I'm going to wrap it up. Um, Really appreciate y'all swinging by. If you are not a subscriber to the channel, please click that subscribe button. Please like this video. Uh, It would mean a ton. And if you like audio stuff during, you know, your normal quote-unquote workday, I put out daily Auburn podcasts, both in audio form and video form. And uh, also, we cover Auburn for Sports Illustrated, we being me and my team. Um, Lockdown Auburn's on Sports Illustrated every day. AuburnDaily.com is Auburn's section on the Sports Illustrated world, on the Sports Illustrated domain. So be sure to check that out if you got time. Um, What's the percentage we get Tevin Brown from Murray? Uh, Like 85%. I think it's pretty high. I'd be be more surprised if we did not get him at this point. All right, guys. Thank you all so much for hanging out with me for a little bit. You can follow me on Twitter at ZBlackerby. It's down below if you're watching live. And if you came in late, you can watch this on demand on YouTube. Or if you're driving somewhere, if you're driving around in Greenville or something, I'll put it up on audio form in just a few minutes, guys. Thank you so much for the questions. I was a little concerned about doing this solo, but you guys made it easy. Thank you so much. We'll see you Sunday. Rain or shine. Win or lose. I hope Auburn takes on Miami. We'll see you. This has been Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 